0: stick to football we're kicking the show off live from radio row with our guy alan lazard we were just talking about we remember scouting you at iowa state where you were just bigger (laughs) and stronger than every db in the big 12 it felt like now you remember the green bay packers get to play with aaron Rodgers. but i want to start off by asking you about that time at iowa state because it seemed like every week you were just making big play after big play how different was it for you going from the big 12
1: then you know with the jags for a little bit and now with the packers oh completely different just the the game and the complexity of the offenses and defenses and the speed of the game um from college to to, the pros is just so much faster um so that transition kind of just took a little bit you know which i think is the reason why um i was on the practice squad for a little bit just to kind of get that the feel of the nfl and whatnot but once i think obviously i got a grip of it and got back to my normal comfortable self like you said in college um which i kind of feel like i'm back to now um i can go out there and play how i want to
2: It was cool for us to see, obviously, we watched you a lot in college, saw you at the Senior Bowl, and you did go undrafted, but we knew the talent was always there. What was it like, does that give you a different edge when you're an undrafted guy? Because now, I mean, you're doing better than a lot of guys in that class that were drafted in rounds, even one, two, three,
1: and on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, going undrafted and whatnot, and then getting cut, um, it's kind of just a reality check, honestly. Um, You know, I think that was a point in my life where I realized um, my career could be ending soon, so... I really locked in um, You know Really kind of honed in On my craft And really took this Took my job serious Every single day And I think that's just What led to my production This year
0: Now Iowa State You were starting About a lot of talent I mean Probably the most talent the Cyclones have ever had. You, Akeem Butler, David Montgomery, oh, yeah. um, and you guys might not have all been on the field all the time together, but going against those guys now that you're in an NFL locker room, can you look back
1: and be like, "Man, we had some players there at Iowa State." Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I definitely give a lot of credit um, to my success for uh, or Iowa State success, especially my senior year um, to David um, when he first you know showed up to the program, um, very young, um, very quiet but he just came and worked his ass off every single day. And um, I think that energy and his demeanor was very contagious for me as well as everyone else on the team. So it definitely um, has had an effect on me and where I am today. And now you have to see him as a Chicago Bear. I know. 2-0 gets him, though. Right, so. there you go. Yeah, Remind right. him of that <laughs> shit right. so. every day. Yeah. I'm trying to just keep that positive right. as long as I can. Yeah, exactly.
2: And you played for a coach that has gotten some NFL feels and Matty Campbell, a lot of experience there. And then this year at the Packers, you're with a first-year guy, obviously, in the floor. What's the difference between those guys? And both those guys are winners.
1: What are some of the things that make them similar? Um, I think just their fiery coaching ability. Um, you know, they, they're just so very passionate about the games. Obviously, they're both very young. Um, you know, Coach Campbell in college and then Coach LaFleur now in the league. But um, just how they how they approach every single day and just their, their demeanor. I and mean, it's really easy to relate to both of them just because they're a lot younger than most coaches. And, you know, I think they just bring that juice and energy and, um, you know, really just do a good get, a job of – Uh, game plan. What's Aaron Rodgers really like? Because you know you hear the rumors that man this guy's kind of a prick
0: you know like nobody like wants to deal with Aaron Rodgers but he's getting older now maybe he's calming down a little bit. I say older we're the same damn age but uh, what is he really like for you as a a young guy coming in?
1: Um, He's everything that um, I needed to know um, to have my success. Uh, He kind of just took me under his wings um, when I first got there. Um, You know I didn't really say much. I just kind of worked my butt off and just kind of you know let him do his thing and um, I think I was able to gain his trust throughout that process and um, just show him that you know, I have the ability to play.
0: Yeah, it's not bad going from cutting Jacksonville to playing with a Hall of Famer yeah. and Aaron Rodgers, right? So that then, were bad. you upset when it's like, oh, man. like that starts to get cut. Nobody wants to get fired. Yeah. yeah. But then you <laughs> yeah. go to Green Bay.
1: Yeah, I was, I was deciding between him and Blake Bortles, so. <laughs>
2: so
1: I think I Aaron. Yeah. I love Blake, though. I Blake's my guy. <laughs> Blake's a good guy, but yeah. Blake, no, yeah. yeah. Beach bar Blake.
2: I think you did the right thing. And when you look at it, when do you think you turned the corner with Aaron? Because there was a point where you go from, you know, being a guy on the, the back end of the depth chart to being the number two guy where he's looking your way and he's just throwing it up there and giving you a chance to make a play because you were on that level where you were going up and winning the football. Was there a certain point in the season where you're like, okay, now – I'm the guy,
1: especially when Devontae was out for a while? Um, I wouldn't say there's a particular point, necessarily. Um, honestly, I've always felt that confidence in myself yeah. of just being that guy. And, I mean, like, why aren't you throwing me the ball? Um, <laughs> kind of having that mentality. but You have to be that way. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I just go out there and try to win every single rep, um, regardless of who I'm going against or, you know, if it's a bad coverage or not. So I want to kind of have a productive outcome. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it was kind of just towards the end of the season, November, December, when I started to kind of. Really get into my my groove, like I said, you know how I felt like I was playing back in college, and I'm just getting that really good chemistry with him of just knowing when he's gonna throw the ball. Um, knowing what he's seeing from the defense and, you know, what he wants out of me. I know it's
0: probably not the most fun thing to talk about, but let's go back to that 2018 draft. I expected you to be drafted. I think Connor expected Definitely. you to be drafted. I'm sure yeah. you expected you to be drafted. What was that like to just sit there and watch? Like, I mean, we all know how it is. Like, you're watching receivers come off the board, and you're like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I know I'm better than that guy. Um, what was that like for you to be sitting there on Saturday – Realizing that it wasn't going to
1: happen. Uh, it was a humbling moment for sure. Um, you know, I, I had a little little uh draft party, or whatever, at B Dubs, um, back in Ames, but uh, but yeah, it was just a very humbling moment of just realizing that like I thought I was a lot better than what I was, and you know, so I just kind of just took that all in and kind of just realized I could sink or swim, and I think I'm swimming.
0: Does it hit you though, like like you said, like maybe I'm not as good as I think I am, or does it put you in the okay? Those 32 general managers just aren't smart. Like, I'm going to prove those guys Absolutely, wrong. Absolutely, yeah. You, know, you, like, you hear yeah. that like Tom Brady all the time. Yeah, know. yeah,
1: that was, that was definitely, you know, I definitely have that demeanor and that chip to me every single day still. Um, you know, I, I'm like I'm going to forget about you know, <laughs> going undrafted and whatnot. Like, um, for me, you know, that was my childhood dream, and you, there's only one chance you get to achieve that. So I didn't get to do that. And I was like, dang. So now I'm just trying to make up for it. A lot of first-year NFL
2: coaches, they almost get a pass that first year. A lot of people buy in that, hey, this might be a rebuild year or this might be a transition year. And for you guys this year with Coach LaFleur, you go out and win 13 games. You make the playoffs. You make a lot of noise. I think, honestly, maybe not to you guys but to the general public, you exceeded expectations how do you build off of that what might be an overachieving year or a year where now next year it's pretty much looked at, hey, we can make it to the Super Bowl
1: next year. How do you build off something like that? I mean, playing for the Green Bay Packers, that's the that's the standard every single year. That's a good point. Um, so, I mean, just having this year that we had, obviously um, came up one game short and whatnot, but we're very satisfied of where we were for the ex- expectations. And um, really this whole year we're just kind of skipped getting comfortable in the offense you know obviously Aaron um has had his system you know for 13 14 years and now we've got coach LaFleur bringing in a new offense and whatnot and kind of just those two guys are trying to feel feel each other out um obviously me playing um a new guy um a lot of new faces so I mean this year was honestly just a year of kind of just getting comfortable and establishing the foundation so I'm really excited about next year of just be able to hone in um on the plays the concepts and just kind of understanding everything
0: And you're not before. coming in late
1: like no. you'll be you'll be there all year, you know. You have the off season
0: program. Exactly. Uh, how much do you pay attention to the noise that if you read mock drafts or you know pay attention to the draft stuff? Everybody's like Packers got to draft a receiver. We got to draft a receiver. Do you pay attention
1: to any of that? Um, a little bit, but like not at the same time because like like what else would I expect? It's not like they're gonna like not try to get bad receivers, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not. Like you only have one receiver, right? exactly. Yeah. So it's like you know, there's always gonna be competition, and you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna welcome any other competition to my room because I think that's gonna make me better. And um, having guys like Devonte in my room um, has has very very much elevated my game. Just watching him every single day on on how he goes about his work and just you know just his his releases are scary.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually something I want to ask you about. Like, what can you learn from a player like that? Where he's a guy, still a younger guy. I mean, he's in his prime now. But is there anything? Is he you know somebody that you have learned from more Absolutely. so than other NFL receivers have been around. I mean, thinking about it through your career he's probably the best you've been around
1: so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, even in Jacksonville, you know, I, I learned a lot from D.D. Westbrook. Kind of just watching him, he's a completely different body type as yeah. me too. So I'm um, just watching how he how he operated down there, as well as uh, Marquise Lee and, and Dante Moncrief, um, and my boy DJ. My boy DJ Chark uh, had a great year. He had a really yeah. good year. Really, yeah, good, did, really, yeah. Good year. yeah, yeah. Happy for him, Pro Bowl and everything. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, just watching Devonte every single day. You know. Um, I think one thing that I realized when I got to the Packers is that every rep in practice is a game rep. I think not that I didn't have that mindset before, but this here, it's visual. And um, watching him every single day take those game reps really made me elevate my game as far as going harder every single day in practice. And just really getting better at my craft. Are you a little sad
0: you didn't get to play with Minshew? Because he's crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I think we would have had a, had a fun time for sure.
0: Maybe more fun off the field, but definitely some yeah, fun on the field
2: definitely. as well. Surfer's
1: yes. bar. Right. Uh, is
2: Lambeau the most like
1: uh, legendary
2: place you've played in so far? Is there a different feel to it? Um, is there a more legendary place? Uh, no, I don't think
1: so. Like maybe the Coliseum in Rome?
2: What, yeah, like... <laughs> so we do something called the Tailgate Tour every right, year okay. where we go to both college and NFL games. We probably hit about eight this year. Yeah. We try to go to... Basically, the best places in football, all across, and we we always circle like we gotta we gotta do Lambo, we gotta do Lambo. So hopefully next year, maybe you convince yeah, us that we'll do Lambeau. That's beautiful, man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. and it's the crazy. fans there. Yeah. Right? it's, it's just, awesome.
1: It feels very traditional football. It is. It yeah. is very. It's very a homey feeling when you get yeah. there. You know, everyone's just you just feel the energy from the crowd, the people, in the stadium. Um, and then just being inside the stadium, it's just the lights when it's hitting the field at night, yeah. especially um the snow. It's just. It's it's a, magical. If
0: you played at Iowa State, so like that climate change is not a shock to you, like it might be to some other people. It's not, but at the same time,
1: it is. <laughs> like yeah. Green Bay's cold, it's bitter. <laughs> it's bitter.
3: Cold. Green Bay's right. a lot cold
1: yeah. in Iowa, but uh, about the same time in mean, Iowa definitely gets Iowa gets up there, especially walking to class. Oof. Yeah. That was bad. Well, you don't do that anymore. Thank that goodness. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Got, my, got my degree. You get dropped <laughs>
0: off right at the door. Uh, before we let you go, because we know you got to do the car wash here. You got to go yeah. do like forty of these today. Uh, we have to ask who you picking in the Super Bowl. And why you can't just get out of here with like? Oh, I think the Chiefs. I are
1: have them. to. I feel like I'm gonna switch my answer throughout the day. Though hey, we've been hearing well, a lot of people say worry, that
2: we won't go check other people's okay, shows right, to make sure right, right. you okay. stay
1: loyal to us. Well, that's the thing. I've been, you know, I've been thinking about it because it's like NFC. I mean, the Niners, just Niners beat you. Are you mad about it? Or They're you stay, mad. you rep your conference? Exactly. I like Patrick Mahomes. You kind of got the too. Mahomes haircut. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go 49ers though. Okay. There you that's go. That's my guess. If I'm a betting man. Yeah. And I'm not But so. you're not Because you're an NFL <laughs> yeah, yeah. player Exactly Don't get in trouble Don't don't be doing that Alright man Thanks
0: for your time We're looking forward to seeing What you do next year Thank you and, Yeah uh, me too yeah, Fuck all those doubters that <laughs> that You did get you drafted man You can yeah, say I can it do it Yeah you can do it There fuck. you go Alright thank you There we go <laughs> <laughs> This will be the most fun right. Show you go on today Exactly yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Don't say it on awesome. any other show All yeah. week Yeah. Thanks great. man Guys, we are happy to sit down with one of the best running backs in NFL history, Mr. Eddie George, the guy who, only player to not get the Madden curse, I think, <laughs> is, is Eddie George, but historic career at Ohio State with mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans, so thank you for coming on. Thank uh, you for thanks for to, to Jack Daniels. You guys are hooking people up with some free, or not free, but cheaper Uber rides. A
4: cheaper Uber rides, everyone over 21. Across the U.S., over 21, um, we're promoting to drink responsibly. They're giving them $5 with Uber, it's a great deal. So as you're out there having a good time at these uh, Super Bowl parties or at the game or wherever you may be, of course you're going to indulge and have a J.D. Is along the lines, and um, you just want to drink responsibly. So that's what we're promoting today. And, and uh, a commercial will be out on Super Bowl Sunday promoting just that. Eddie, as we watch a guy like Derrick Henry have such a good season, and
2: everybody talks about, hey, he's a different running back. and Mm -hmm. You guys have a really similar build, honestly. Do you think we're going to see teams now be more willing to give the running back with that kind of build and running style a chance? It felt like we went back to guys that were 5'10", 220, or these Mm -hmm. quicker scat backs, and now we got a power back like Henry, like you were. Do you think this is going to change how
4: teams view running backs coming into the NFL? Well, yeah, unless, unless you have a Tom Brady, unless yeah. you have a Patrick Mahomes, unless you have a special quarterback, yeah, I, I think you're going to see more teams try to find that like San Francisco. They don't have one guy, but they have a power running game that resembles yep. that. Um, it gets you a long way. As you can see, you know, defense – Great running game, special teams, they travel, they play well in December in the late months and so forth, and that's what the Titans had. And Derek Henry had the hot hand. Um, he was imposing his will on defenders. Uh, the Titans were complemented with a great defense or opportunistic defense and a quarterback who didn't make mistakes. And that can win you a lot of ball games and get you deep into the playoffs. Um, so I think that philosophy, absolutely. Now the question is, moving forward, how they're going to build around that. So, um, I've always said you have to be able to run the football in December and January to win a championship. So, you would pay a guy like that, right? Cause he's I what why, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Do you worry? He's, he's, he's a special back with a unique set of skills, and he needs to get paid in a unique way. Do you, you know, worry about
0: the carries? I know you, that's why? something you've spoken about with your career, like you know,
4: maybe – a high amount
0: of carries does that contribute to longevity, or do you think we're to a point where?
4: I mean, what is what is? I mean, listen, we understand that the running back position is a short shelf life. Yeah. Okay. So you have to maximize that. That being said, he is the focal point of your offense. To stray away from that, then you lose your identity. So you have to be willing to pay for that during however long that's going to be. Listen, he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. He's been in the league, what, for going on his fifth year? Mm-hmm. You know, first two years, split time with right. DeMarco Murray. Really was the last year and a half that we're starting to see. So his upside is tremendous. I I, I think he has an 1,800-yard, 2,000-yard season ahead of him next year. MVP-type season, if they get the right pieces and parts around him. Um, so I think you you must look at that and say, man, he's got a lot more left in him, maybe five, six, seven years of great productivity. And you want to you want to pay somebody uh, fairly. So I wouldn't try to uh, skate around it. If, you're, if the Titans are really serious about taking um, this to the next level, recognize it for what it is. Don't play games. You know, find the win win. Of course, you want to be able to cut cost and, and really not uh, maximize the opportunity. But you want to find where that win win is, where everybody's happy. And take care of your best player.
0: So, what would you do if Mike Vrabel and John Robinson call you and say, hey, what do we do about Ryan Tannehill? Where it looked, I mean, he gave them the spark they needed when they put him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think down the stretch we saw that there were some limitations in that offense because they couldn't throw the ball. What do you do with Ryan Tannehill?
4: I, w- I would still allow him to develop. He's developed the chemistry, he developed the spark, and there's a momentum there with him that in the offseason, he has a full offseason to be a full starter yeah. and really dedicate his offseason to that. And I think he can mature into uh, that type of he can listen, he can throw the football. Right. And he he's, healthy. In, he's healthy. He's I, healthy. I think now we have to coach him up on, you know, getting rid of the ball a little bit sooner, not take so many sacks, and that's more of a coaching thing. But um, but I would I would find a way to keep Sandy Hill and, and Derek Henry together because that should make him and you bring another quarterback, then you start from scratch. You know there's just talks about Tom Brady coming. On paper that sounds great. I think in terms of PSLs and selling seats and all of that, getting the fanfare, really excited. Yeah, that sounds great. But how does that affect the offense? Now you have to change the offense to some degree, and it's not going to be. You're not going to have um, uh, the threat of Tandy Hill running with his legs to help Derek out uh, in yeah. terms of the run game. Continuity's so, big too. Continuity's big. So I, I, I'm more prone to think that Derek Henry and Tandy Hill are a good pair that to really harp and focus on and maximize those opportunities and cultivate that relationship right there.
2: Looking ahead to the Super Bowl, I think it's amazing watching this 49ers team just to see the way they run the yes. ball. Because they're doing uh, – Shanahan gets a reputation outside zone, inside zone, mm-hmm. but we're seeing gap, trap. We're seeing so many different things from this different, team. Different, uh, yeah. What have you seen personally that just makes this run game go? It doesn't matter who's in the backfield for them.
4: Listen, it can be Chuck Muncie. It can be <laughs> Rahul J- Javon Raheem off the street. Yeah. They're going to run the ball down your throat. And it's all based off of the old run scheme of that was from the Broncos. And yep. when Terrell Davis had his run in the late 90s and early yeah. 2000s, and that was lethal. I mean, there's nothing you could do. They had an answer for everything. And it, it doesn't matter if you have nine in the box, eight in the box, it doesn't matter. They're going to find a way to create the, the numbers. But the offensive line, they're so in sync that they're creating a new line, a line of scrimmage, and they're playing well together, and they're a sink. So that really makes uh, it hard on the defense to stop that once that running game gets up and coming. It doesn't matter who's in the game. It, they're, they're coming downhill on you. A lot of people say that it doesn't
0: matter who's at running back in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but when Kyle has had a special running back, they've had amazing seasons.
4: In your prime,
0: how many yards could you rush for on that Niners offense? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You know, I I don't know. Maybe you know, twenty four hundred. Come yeah, on, you're being I, humble. You know, um, it's it's such a great offense. I, I think that what makes it a really great running game is is to have the element of balance. When you're able to throw the football and stretch the field, um, you have weapons on the outside. You have a, a nice tight end and kettle. I think that's an important component to a run game. It's it's you can you can run for fifteen hundred to two thousand yards that type of offense if you're you're healthy and you can have uh, success up front. We know you got
0: a lot of places to be. You're Uh a wanted man. Thank you for stopping by. Don't forget Jack Daniels and drink everybody else. Responsibly. Drink responsibly. Yes, I, he looks right at me when he said that. Yeah. Like he knows.
4: <laughs> yeah. Out of the I just got this feeling about you. Like as soon as I get off at four o'clock, <laughs> yeah, good intuition I'm going over straight here. down right? to South yeah. Beach this at guy the knows. Cleavander, and I'm going to post up, and I'm going to get Jack Daniels honey right. and keep rocking. You're right? not wrong. spot <laughs> on. This guy on. knows. All right, Eddie. Oh, thanks you so much, God man. Have a good week, buddy. Hey, take care, man. Good seeing you.
0: Another great interview today, Darius Slayton, New York Giant Wide Receiver, uh, a guy that we just evaluated last year in the draft class, in a great wide receiver class, man. Thanks for coming on Stick Football.
3: Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you guys having me.
2: Uh, Darius, obviously, you know, it's been a couple months since I last talked to you, but you finished the season really, really strong. uh, Surprised a lot of people being a fifth-round pick, and then you go on and you have almost 800 receiving yards, almost 10 touchdowns. What was this rookie season like for you? Did you exceed your personal expectations and just – what are you looking forward to next year with Daniel Jones and you guys being a you know big time connection?
3: Yeah, um, you know I definitely I definitely feel like. I caught some people by surprise, for sure. Like for you sure. said, being a fifth-round pick, you know, they kind of don't expect that little production out of you. But, um, you know, I always knew I could play ball and I could make plays. Obviously, it's kind of it's kind of hard to know how good you're going to be, especially when you're going to a new level you don't know anything about. But, yeah. um, you know, I felt like I could play, felt like I could compete. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to growing with Dan. He's a young, really talented quarterback. And, um, you know, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to play with him. How much harder is the NFC East than the SEC? I think just the NFL in general is a lot harder. Yeah. Because you just you know, the SEC is a tough league, but um there's still some you know There's Arkansas. There's low. You know, yeah, there's right. a little lull say it. in the league. <laughs> you can there's say a little it. little lull in the league, but you know, in the NFL it's it's like every week, you know, there's you know Fans, people on the outside, they're like, "Oh, that's a bad team, it's a bad team." But then you get on the field, and it's like, "Well, they're still professionals, you know, they're still good." So um, it's a little bit tougher. Yeah,
2: yeah. You don't get your Arkansas Vanderbilt Sorry. kind of match. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I like that. Who's the toughest corner you went against this year?
3: Uh, probably Stephon Gilmore for yeah. the Patriots. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's yeah. not bad. He's pretty like good. The best yeah. corner in football this yeah, year. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hey,
0: <laughs> but what you, I mean, how hard is that? Because you know, we neither of us played in the NFL, obviously, and so. When, but when you get out there and like. You've been watching this guy forever. You've probably, like, played against him in Madden, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah. shit, like, that's really Stefan Gilmore, and he's about to press
3: me. Yeah. What is that moment like when you have that realization? Um, it's kind of just a – I kind of think the way I thought to myself was I was like I, whatever my best is I got to throw it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. I just you know I was all I'm thinking is like just don't get jammed up on national television because we played them on Thursday night so I was like yeah okay I'm whatever I'm doing I'm throwing the best I got yeah no, that's the way to do it
2: did, uh, did you pick anything up from Golden Tate this year you know looking forward to a veteran wide receiver anything you can learn from a guy like that
3: yeah definitely especially just because he he um, he plays the game so aware. And you know I ask him about it all the time, and you know it's—I guess it's kind of one of those things that's easier said than done. But um, he just the way he moves through zones and catches the ball and avoids hits—you know—it's—it's been—it's been a blessing to be able to play with somebody like that. Your wide receiver room uh, was uh, pretty banged up
0: this past year. Yeah. Is that something you guys talk about? Like next year, if everybody's healthy, that you could have something special there. I mean, Evan is a great tight end when he's on the field. Yeah, uh, Sheps there—he's a good player, but but a lot of those guys were banged up, which did give you an opportunity. Uh, but. When you guys look at yourself being full strength next year, how good could this group be?
3: I think it'd be really good. You know, I think I think um, you know, definitely the more weapons it's kinda like, you know, see the teams in Super Bowl now, you know, that all those weapons, you know, people how do you defend it? You know, I think we have the same kind of dynamic. You know, you got a real tight end, a real running back, um, and some really good receivers. And, um, you know, I definitely think once we get everybody, um, you know, back and healthy on the field at the same time, I think it will be really hard to defend.
2: Have you gotten to meet Joe Judge yet?
3: No, I have not had a chance he to meet He looks Judge. super intense,
2: I'll say yeah. that. But, um, you know, obviously you're probably pretty excited for the hire and, and Jason Garrett as your offensive coordinator. But mm-hmm. looking back on this year, you did have a great season under Pat Shermer. What were you able to – either learn from him or what were the reasons that you got to excel in that offense
3: um, I think the biggest reason is um, Coach Koerm kept things very simple you know our offense wasn't super complicated it, it wasn't you know rocket science rocket science not scientist. <laughs> there you go. we got gotcha. but um, you know it was, it was pretty simple so it was easy to play fast and I think that was one of the biggest things that helped me um, play well
0: when you, what do you know about Joe judge because I'll be honest we were doing the podcast when he got hired and we were like oh we need to take a break and google this guy because <laughs> I thought he was getting the Mississippi State job, you know, that he was going to be in the SEC. All of a sudden, he's the Giants head coach. What have you tried to learn about him in the last couple weeks here?
3: Uh, I don't know too much about him. Um, I know he's a special teams guy. Um, You know, my, my quarterback, college quarterback Jared, plays for the Patriots. So you know, I called him. I asked him kind of how he is as a person. You know, he says he's a good guy. He's a Southern guy, so he has some of that Southern hospitality to him. But um, you know, I'm just looking forward to you know playing with him, seeing, what he brings to our team.
0: What do you you mentioned Jarrett, and I wanted to ask you about that because uh, the Tom Brady. I don't know if you heard Tom Brady's free agent. Nobody's really talking about that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, what how does it feel? You know, because it, it's it's shocking. You go back and when you guys were both coming out in the draft, it's like you. You were so much better than sometimes what the numbers looked like on the field and yeah. whatever your offensive line style of offense all those issues. But what do you think? You think Jared can be the guy to take over for Tom Brady?
3: Yeah, I think Jared has the kind of uh, mold of a Patriots quarterback. You know, he's a guy that's going to go in. He's going to study like crazy. He's gonna study the defense, and I think that's the biggest thing up there. Is Tom Brady has the brain to run that operation. If you don't got the brain, you're out of luck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right? real quick too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. an operation like that. If you don't got the brain, you're out of luck. So I think I think uh, Jared's got the brain. Obviously, he has the arm talent to make all the throws, but um, specifically, I think he has the brain for it. So you know, you know, who we'll see? We'll see if he gets his chance.
2: What's the one thing with Daniel Jones that really jumped out to you this year?
3: Um, just poise. Yeah. You know, even in even in times he was under du- – he made a lot of throws under duress. Um, you know, a lot of throws as he's getting hit. And, um, you know, it's easy for a guy to sit back there and make throws all day. Good, part- But, you know, when detection breaks down, plays break down, um, you know, it takes a lot of mental fortitude to keep standing in there and making throws.
0: How much attention do you pay now that you're in the league to mock drafts and everybody says the Giants are going to go offensive tackle? Do you look at that stuff and say, "Okay, like we need a little help for Dan, we need a little help for Saquon," or
3: just ignore all of it? Yeah, um, I don't get into it too much because I can't draft anybody. (laughs) That's
2: a great (laughs) look at it. Yeah, control what you can control. Yeah,
3: but um, you know, obviously, you know, every team has needs going into every offseason. So you know, obviously, hope you know whatever needs they feel like we have get them filled. Did you look at it last year to kind of see like, all right, where am I expected to end up? Where do people think I'm going to go? Things like that. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. I, I was in the draft, so, you know, I wanted to, you know, get a gauge. to get engaged. Yeah, it's hard not to look then.
2: Yeah. How good does it feel to not have, like, the combine looming this year and all of those pressure things? Uh, like, you could just go into the great. season as your second year as a New York Giant. I mean, for a lot of the games this year, you were the guy in that offense. You know, how does it feel just going into year two and not having any of that nonsense during the spring where you could just train instead?
3: Oh, it was great. You know, it was um – Stressful times. It seems that way. Yeah, especially because I was an underclassman, so the combine invite doesn't come for us until I think it, it came in, like, late January or something. Yeah. So it's like you're just waiting, 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 praying to God to get the email. Of um so that was the first level of stress, and then once you got it, then it was like, okay, now I got to go out here and I got to perform, and be on point. So, um, definitely glad I don't have to go through that process again.
2: I mean, you ran a four three nine, so I think it went well. I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it went all right. But yeah.
0: I think that even surprised a lot of people. I, I I remember being surprised, like, oh damn, I didn't know he was that fast. Like, yeah. how much of that do you feel like for you, for Jarrett, uh, with the Auburn offense? I mean, you guys were held back. I can say it. you. I don't know if you can say it, but I can say it. You guys were held back a little bit. Was that frustrating to go
3: through the process and get slept on a little bit? Uh, it was definitely frustrating going through the process, you know, because obviously, like, kind of like you say, control what you can control. Yep. Um, you just kind of make the best of whatever your situation is. Um, you know, obviously there's people come from all over the country, big 12 where it's seven on seven. And it's like you know they've got a million career receiving yards, and it's like well they throw the ball forty times a game in that right. league. You know it's SEC's just a rushing league. It doesn't matter really what school you're at. Um, but um, you know it was it was it was a little frustrating. But you know obviously both made it through it okay. Yeah, definitely.
2: Some more of your former teammates going to be joining you in the league pretty soon. We've been excited talking about them with Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson specifically. Yeah, it, just how special are those guys? I mean, we were down to the Senior Bowl, and Marlon Davidson for the practices he was in took over, and we know Derek is probably going to be a top fifteen pick and a really special player.
3: Yeah, uh, they're both really, really special players. You know, it was, it was a lot of. T- to me, they're like the underclassmen that came in, but. Um, you know, those are those are my little brothers, man. You know, I pray the best for them. I hope they both get drafted high wherever they're, you yep. know, somewhere that they can go and be successful because, you know, they're both really good players, and I look forward to seeing them in this league.
0: What can you tell us about Noah? Uh, obviously, you guys probably battled it down in practice. Uh, yeah. Didn't have a pick this year, but is just a you, – if you watch him play, you're like pass breakups are there,
3: speed's there. What was it like in practice going against him? Um, it's actually weird because Noah actually came in a receiver, so I actually played a year in the same room as him um, before he moved to DB. So um, – you know, sometimes I forget that. People ask me about him. I'm like, yeah. he plays receiver. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's been fun to watch him make yeah. that position transition and, um, you know, hopefully hope the best for him too in the draft. Yeah.
2: What's one thing you're looking, you know, towards improving on this year with the Giants? Obviously you guys want to win more games, but yeah. you lost Saquon for a stretch last year. You have a quarterback that's in year two. You're a big piece of the offense. You're in year two. You know, how do you outline your offseason and go, well, what do we really need
3: to step up next year? Um, I think just kind of focus on myself and better myself. You know, I still got to work on some fine-tuning things in the route right running game. Um, like I said, stuff like that, like Golden Tate and Sterling do, um, you know, just little things, getting in and out of your breaks a little bit quicker, um, just definitely stuff I got to work on.
0: What's your offseason plan? Like you said last year, stressful with Combine and you're training for that. This is your first real offseason as an NFL player. What
3: are you going to do? Yeah, I, yeah. The month of January, I've been at home. Good for you. Yeah, I've been at home. I was like, you know what? <laughs> this was a long year. Rest and
2: recovery. Yeah,
3: you know, I, I had some lagging, nagging injuries. I was like, I just need some time to relax. But um, I hit the ground running here pretty soon, probably after this, um, and just get back to training. Have you spent any time in New York City yet? No, actually, I left. I left pretty quickly after New Year's. Smart
2: rookie. Yeah. right? Yeah, right. Maybe in year two. Yeah, yeah it's a little, it's a little
3: cold up there for me, yeah.
2: but. Uh, it's yeah. overwhelming, too.
0: No joke. Yeah. It definitely is. All right, man. Well, enjoy your Super Bowl week. Who are you picking,
3: by the way? Uh, You're going to get asked this a lot. Get ready. Yeah. Um, I'll cop out. You know, Miko's from Georgia. I'm from Georgia. So I'll go with the Chiefs. And is, I'm good with that pick. Good enough logic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a one and, <laughs> and a
0: half point spread. Nobody knows yeah. who's going to win. All right, Darius Slayton, check this guy out. One of the best up and coming receivers in the NFL. And we'll be back right after this on Stick to Football. All right, guys, that is our show today from Radio Road. Thank you to Alan Lazard. Uh, thank you to Eddie George, who was amazing. Wild. Drink he, responsibly. He was very
2: concerned about you.
0: And it's funny because we've never talked before. I don't know how he knew. I don't know. He's I, seen, he, I didn't even
2: drink last night. He, I know. He's seen you somewhere uh, right? around here. He's up probably to no seen good. the Instagram lives. Yeah, people call him, when they don't call him Maddie Mills, they call him Mr. Miami. <laughs> right, so. exactly, yeah. You wouldn't know
0: it, but it's a thing. And, and thanks to Darius Lane, we've had. Had some offensive players today.
2: Yeah, it was uh, awesome. And we got a lot lined up for the one skin. We're not done. We got a lot we're left. Not but, you know, done. those first come, first serve, those are the first three we had, and they were awesome to talk to.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to spoil anything because schedules change around here. So we're not going to not. But one thing that is locked in, Saturday at 1 o'clock, we're going to have Kenny Vaccaro right. at uh, a fake address. This? Yeah, 1111 Lincoln. Yeah, I don't believe
2: it. I don't so, believe that that's there. We, I'm going to show up and there's be nothing. We haven't gone to check it out yet, so we haven't confirmed it's real. But the pictures look really cool and the content coming out of it pictures looks really cool. Really cool. cool and be our gridiron mellow will be here
0: we'll be hanging out with kenny of you'll be able to listen to that as the monday morning podcast and That's then right. next week we get back to normal a little bit i have a seven round mock draft coming out monday morning so the tuesday show will be me kind of breaking that down some of the the pick thoughts or addressing some concerns about controversial picks and then some of our interviews from here this week at radio row so it's going to be a, a good time we got a couple more interviews to knock out so we will talk to you all real soon <laughs>